helpful will know more about you than your spouse, you know, and everything, like, you know, everything. So that is our most private thing in our life. And now think of anyone can get access to that. Oh, okay. Here's the example. If you give me your house keys, you may not feel paranoid, but if I take your telephone for like an hour, you'll be like, oh my God, like what's happening? What's he going to find? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, but that's how things work out with privacy. You know, like we care about privacy and that's the most private thing in our life. That's a good question. Would I rather give a stranger my house key for an hour or my phone password for an hour? Yeah. I don't know. Both of them are making me squirm. <laughs> Are you ready to know what you don't know about Privacy Pros? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Privacy Pros Academy podcast by KZN Privacy Experts. The podcast to launch, progress and excel your career as a Privacy Pro. Hear about the latest news and developments in the world of privacy. Discover fascinating insights from leading global privacy professionals. And hear real stories and top tips from the people who've been where you want to get to. We're an official IAPP training partner. We've trained people in over 137 countries and counties. So whether you're thinking about starting a career in data privacy or you're an experienced professional, this is the podcast for you. everyone and welcome to the Privacy Pros Academy podcast. My name is Jamila and I am your host. With me today as my co-host is Jamal Ahmed. He's a fellow of information privacy and CEO at KZN Privacy Experts. Jamal is an astute and influential privacy consultant, strategist, board advisor and fellow of information privacy. He's a charismatic leader, progressive thinker and innovator in the privacy sector who directs complex global privacy programs. He's a sought-after commentator contributing to the BBC, ITV News, Euronews, Talk Radio, The Independent and The Guardian amongst others. Hi Jamal. Good morning Jamila, how are you today? I'm all right thanks, how are you? I'm looking forward to the rest of the day. We've got an amazing podcast and then we've got another amazing guest we'll be speaking to and then I'm doing a webinar. So today's one of those days where I actually love what I do and do what I love and get paid for it. So I'm very happy today. Busy, busy day for you, but I'm also excited to speak to our guest on this podcast. So without further ado, our guest today is Hasib Awan, and he's the founder and CEO of Efani. Uh, they offer a bulletproof mobile phone plan for important people such as executives, investors and celebrities to protect them against SIM swaps, eavesdropping or location tracking. So I'm excited to find out a lot more about it. Hi Hasib, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks Jamila for having me on the podcast and looking forward to talking to Jamal. I'm looking forward to getting into your mind Hasib because I remember not, not that long ago actually there was a lot of concerns about this software about Pegasus and how it was you know, invading people's phones. And uh, I know that you've been re really working on protecting people from their phones being invaded. So I'm really looking forward to getting into the nitty gritties of that. I sure happy to share whatever I know and whatever <laughs> I can share. Great. So as we always do on the Privacy Pros Academy podcast, we start off with an icebreaker question. Uh, so nothing to do with privacy. Uh, Hasib, what's your favorite way to relax? And I could probably answer this now knowing where you live. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so my favorite way to relax would be just on a beach by my with my family. Jamal, what about you? Is it the beach of the River Thames in London? Oh no, no, that would be that. That's more like stress. You see how dirty <laughs> it is. You see all the pollution, and you imagine what's going on, what the impact's going to be on the environment. <laughs> Definitely as far away from uh, the River Thames as possible. 
my favorite way to relax. I like playing badminton. I find that quite relaxing. What about you, Jimila? Being asleep. <laughs> Good answer. I should have done that one. Yeah. Uh, Hasib, I'm curious. What first got you interested in privacy? How did you get, how did you come across it? What made you go and say, yes, I want to spend uh, my time, my energy and my money and go into this privacy domain? So open line is always like fun, right? I wanted to buy a bank. So I woke up in the morning, I said, I want to buy a bank. And when I was buying bank, my I realized my phone was getting hacked all the time. Because you don't have to go for regulation, signing up, and people will target because you have to give your personal number and everything. So I got hacked four times on my cell phone. And four times? I, four times, yeah. So in, in I realized that uh, maybe 18 months. Wow. And how uh, did you realize you were hacked? Uh, so your phone stopped working. Like that doesn't have any signal at all. So sometimes you don't realize immediately because you're using mm. Wi-Fi and everything, but your phone stopped working. Right. When that happened, it was like very, very uh, stress for me. It caused a lot of stress for me and I couldn't function. So I said, okay, man, I need to fix it. And I have built like a fortress or a fort around my, my insecurity, but it only protects against people who come directly. But what about drones? They come in and they will screw you, whatever your security is. So this is what happened with cybersecurity and privacy too. We think about a lot of things, but there's always the weakest link that will always screw up, you know? And so I realized that that's the problem. So how to fix it? I can't fix it unless I can't function because my cell phone is my life. So I was talking to people about important people, like what do they for cell phone security? And I realized they will go to the same orange T-Mobile stores as we do. Uh, but rather than walking in, the only thing will be, oh, can someone else go on my behalf? Like asking someone to... Uh, the difference between someone who's VIP and someone who's like not a VIP is that normal person will go to buy McDonald's burger himself and someone else will buy McDonald's burger on behalf of it. So that's the only difference. But ultimately, both are going to the same fish fillet. So I said that, can we make them a better steak burger that they want? You know, and so that was my 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 thinking. So I started for myself and I realized that people need it. So we started doing some asking people about mobile security, that was one thing that I basically got started. I just want to fix my problem. But one thing is that other thing was like when we were talking about, we were building Bitcoin ATM before. So I had a Bitcoin ATM network. We installed one in Google campus in London in 2014, I remember. But anyway, long story short, uh, we used to have a KYC requirement. KYC know your customers. So if you go to a bank, you have to do it. So there anyone anyone to long AML laws um, in the, in the, in, across the world that you would follow. So you have to see that whose customers coming in. So for banks, they are privileged. You go in, uh, if you open a bank account, they make you sign like 100 papers, you give your ID, you show up and all those things. But if we start doing that in ATM, we didn't have a lot of, we could not do that. It's too costly, it's too much um, intense. Then we lose customers. So you have to make something that simple. So we were told that just use telephone number. So I, I can take Jamal number and based on Jamal telephone number, I can put up everything I want from company. I just want to make sure that this is Jamal who's doing the transition. That's the only thing. But if you have a number, I can tell you it's a prepaid number, postpaid number. That's simple thing. If it's a postpaid number, then I can say how long you have been with the carrier. So if you're in a carrier for like Orange Mobile for like 10 years and a post mobile, I say, okay, Jamal has a very low risk profile because, you know, he's a good customer. He doesn't change his cell phone number every two days. It's not a prepaid of the shop. So that was the thing. And then we can also tell how many people Jamal have on the line. Is it four people? Is it two people? And then I can also find that to get your email address. Then we can scan dark web for that, for your password, right? So we can also see what's your credit score based on information. We can tell you which devices have you used in the past, which data breaches have you been involved with. So you may be in Marriott, so I can, based on that, I say Jamal was in Marriott on 16th of March, 2021. 
right? So we can pretty much get like, you know, what's your LinkedIn profile? What's your, uh, you know, Twitter profile? What's your Facebook profile? And we can pretty much pick up all information about you and consolidate and basically build a risk score on that. So rather than saying, signing documents and pay on in the store or something, we can just take care of you within a few minutes. Uh, and just by a telephone number. So I realized that regardless of whatever I do in privacy, I can sign up for hundred things. I can use VPN. I can do a lot of stuff, but the telephone number that I gave to my people is basically my weakest link. So hold, hold on a second, Hasid. So if, if I've got you, what you're saying correct, the reason uh, you got into the Afani or the reason you created Afani is because your phone was hacked four times. And you realize that from getting hacked that many times, you needed a solution. And then you realize that other people need that solution as well. And the reason you're so concerned about phone number hacking and, and people hacking to your phone is because you realize as the bank, when you want to do your KYC checks, just from somebody's phone number, there is so much information that is revealed and available just by getting somebody's phone number. And therefore, we need to keep that phone number private and the data associated to it. And therefore, you decide to go and create a funny. Does that sound about right? So I created a funny for security reasons because of getting hacked. But I started mm. growing up, I realized that telephone number is our biggest security threat. So I'll give you a simple example. If I have your uh, telephone number, I can pretty much find any information on you. So in US, we have social security number. If you give mm -hmm. someone social security number, you can register a company on their behalf. You can take our loans. You can do a lot of stuff, mm. you know. But if in the UK, if we have, like, I don't know what happened in the UK. So, so if I have your telephone number, I can find a lot of information about you because every time I find another piece of information, it, it strengthens my case. So if mm. I have your email address, I have a telephone number, I can find more information. Then I can maybe find your LinkedIn profile. So I can pull up where you live. Then I can find your address through another database. Now I know, okay, where you live. Right through that, I can find out, you know, who you live with you because I can find an end database. So this all databases exist in the world and yeah. it starts with the telephone number. Now it can also start with the email address too, but email address is something that you don't give out. Like you don't go to a club and you say, hey man, take my email address, right? You don't meet with a friend and say, hey, take my email. You give them a telephone number. You know, uh, if you, if you meet someone, you go on Uber, you don't give them, like obviously you give them email, but telephone number is the one thing that you give to everyone. You go for cash yeah. points. You walk into Harold's and you say, okay, we have, a, we have a point system. You know, I'll give you my telephone number, you know? So so these are the things that I personally believe in. Telephone number is our identifier. That's our identity. That's quite scary, isn't it? That I didn't realize people could find so much about me by just having my phone number. I think I'm going to have to go through my contacts a bit later on. Yeah, but the funny part is like, it may be out of yours. So your doctor may get breached. And then telephone number is out, right? Like, what do you do about it? Like, you know, I, you mm -hmm. can buy, like in the US, we have this data breaches every week. It may be involuntarily that you give your telephone number to someone. Because there's no other option. Like, you go to uh, airport and they ask you for telephone number. You have no other option. You have to give your telephone number. Either you fly, mm -hmm. you don't fly. It's like short, right? You, do, you don't take it, you don't fly. Yeah, and we've seen in the UK, British Airways, massive data breach. Phone number is included. So someone can get hold of that phone number. They know when you've flown, who you've flown with when you were out of the country, when you came back. And like you said, Hasid, using that and other information available related to that, it becomes a, a, a very big invasion into someone's actual personal life. So I'll give you a simple example of British Airways. I don't know what the batch is, but if you can just set up someone who flew British Airways in the last two years on a business class, you have a list of maybe 10,000 people who are flying business class, live in the UK, right? And that's a really easy target to go after. You don't have to go after everyone. What you can do is you can actually find out the top thousand zip codes in the U.S. 
And the software who will actually pick up the zip code and match with the average income in that area. So now you can literally do an AI to do like parsing in five minutes, five minutes. Pick up all the pick up the top thousand people who live in the most richest zip codes. Zip codes. Uh, you yeah. can then give it. Uh, you can just give the data to someone, and they will just say, "Hey, find me all the LinkedIn information." And there are companies who do this for a living. Just give them like one thing, and they will find out everything for you. And so you can hack them a telephone number. Because guess what? Everyone has a telephone number that they use their identity. So if you look at privacy, the basic fundamental. It's like I'm giving my social security number to everyone I meet. And it's something as a proxy of my identity. Your cell phone will know more about you than your spouse, you know, and everything, like you know, everything. So that is our most private thing in our life. And now think of anyone can get access to that. Oh, okay, here's an example. If you give me your house keys, you may not feel paranoid. But if I take your telephone for like an hour, you'll be like, oh my god, like what's happening? What's he gonna find? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like think yeah. about this, right? But that's how things work out with privacy. You know, like we care about privacy, and that's the most Private thing in our life. That's a good question. Would I rather give a stranger my house key for an hour or my phone password for an hour? Yeah, I don't know. Both of them are making me squirm. <laughs> but if you have choice, you are you are you are you like someone is holding a gun to your head. Give me one thing. <laughs> what would you give? The house key. Yeah, that's what I think. That's exactly what I'm saying, right? Like you know, you say okay, like think about it. House expensive, you know. Cell phone is probably a few hundred pounds, but at the same time, that has more information on that. That makes one, me most paranoid. One reveals more about your, int- your intimate. Yes, absolutely. What about you, Sorry. Which one? I'd say take everything. Am I ta- no, house key. Take, take house. my house, take my phone, take everything. Oh, you don't oh, okay. care. <laughs> take it all, take it all. So how does your solution actually protect against all of that? So not against everything, right? Like, you know, we are, we say we're a doctor, right? But we are not like, a, uh, you know, we're not a doctor for everything, you know. Uh, privacy, I think, is very complicated in the world because the challenge even with us is that we have to rely on third-party partners. I'll give you an example. You may need a package to be delivered to, deliver to FedEx. So I have to literally put in a mail and it has to go to you. So even if I don't get breached, uh, FedEx may get breached. I use a merchant process for taking your card and maybe I don't get breached, but they get breached. You know, so it's very difficult. What we say is that even if you get breached, we'll secure you. So we just say no one can get into your phone without your permission. So no one can hack your number. So our main proposition was we are like T-Mobile. Uh, T-Mobile exists in the UK, right? Correct? We, we have EE, which is uh, the kind of brand of T-Mobile in the UK, yes. Okay, so EE or 3, I think 3 exists, right? 3 or Orange. We have 3 and as well. So, so think about it. We are the first class for Orange. That's the easiest way for it. Like we are basically like saying, so, so no one in the store can access their information. No one can change, make changes. Other than that, like anyone who is in store can make changes to your account. So if you're an orange customer, any person who works in a store can make any changes to your account. Like how terrifying this is. Just for clarity, is Avani or the solution you speak about actually a network provider? So we are, uh, we are causing for providers. So we are something called virtual networks. We basically sit on top of this network. So uh, even in the UK, yeah, you may go to like a store and you'll find like thousands of brands of mobile services and they are like just relabeled. So we sit on top of existing networks. So if you launch in the UK, it will be like maybe on Orange or something. But we are on security. A, a very simple way about this is like, you know, if you have a, we bulletproof your car. So we see on a chase of an existing car, like a Brabus, you buy a Brabus or you buy like three or AMG. It's the same chase, you would just add security on top. 
So regardless of who the carrier is, you come in and you bolster that with the security. So you're adding like the bulletproofness to the vehicle. Correct. And so if somebody wants to kind of bulletproof their phone uh, or bulletproof their mobile plan uh, with, with, with your services, how do they get in touch? And is it available people in the US? Can people in the UK and uh, other parts of the world access it? Who do you serve? So US is something our primary market is. Like, you know, we do work with the UK. The problem is the UK is such a small market and, mm-hmm. and cell phone plans are very cheap in the UK. So economics yeah. do not work for us. Like, you know, people buy it for like £10, £5, and it's very, very, very difficult for us. To, and then, frankly, uh, I'm also Canadian, and I will say that, hey, man, uh, US is such a big country that you cover one state, you cover entire Europe. <laughs> you know, we do have plans for UK, but um, not yet. Yeah, one day, hopefully. But right now, we only focus on US. So we, we are people who use our cell phone while living in the UK, but with a US number. Got it. And does it work with any handset? So I can have an iPhone or a Samsung and it wouldn't make uh, any depend. difference? Like in the US, we have some devices which are uh, not allowed. So, but they are like the devices you will not use. Like, you know, in US, we don't have 3G anymore. The device has to be Volte compatible. Yeah. Uh, you know, like that's something. And then we have some restriction, like Huawei phones are not allowed in the US. Some Chinese manufactured phones are not allowed. But anything yeah. that under the sun, basically, which is allowed, like Samsung, Huawei, you know, any major brand, that all works for us. For us. Asif, let me ask you a question. So you, you you have lots of different companies. You've got this technology company, you've got the air networks, and on your teams, you're, you're hiring privacy engineers and privacy professionals. What three things do you look for when you're hiring privacy people into your organizations? So I think, um, uh, first of all, when I had a Bitcoin ATM company, we sold it. So uh, it's not me anymore. It belongs to the new owner. Uh, so I work closely on this. So our decision in hiring is pretty much the same across anyone should hire. And I'm constantly learning at a job. Like I'm not perfect at them. Mm. They're two attitude and skills, right? Uh, like how much can I trust this person? And, uh, you know, it has the ability to do so. So it's like very complicated. Like you may find a person who's very sharp. And privacy engineers are very complicated. And it goes with the security engineers as well. You don't know unless they screw up. So if I have a security guy... Everything is fine. I don't know if it's because he's good or it's just because he never came across an incident. When when you're taking that risk of hiring somebody, uh, how do you then understand the competencies uh, and how do you also understand the attitude? So you say you look for attitude and you look for skills. And I'm sure when it comes Um, to skills, do you look for like certifications and things like that? No, no. No, so no certification at all. Like I will give you an example about like what people are interested in. So GitHub is one of the easiest way to look at. So if you want to hire a privacy engineer, I'll go to a privacy meetup in a city because people who came to this, that meetup are basically who are interested in privacy beyond their job too. So that is something that, and they may, and then find the people who are not working in privacy, but they're interested in privacy. That's the thing. So they want to do a career change. They're not happy with their current job, but mm-hmm. they want to get into privacy and then follow up the people who are interested. And that's how I'll, I'll approach those people. If I have to hire, like people who work on the stuff, even though they don't get paid, are the people who are the best one. Mm, yeah, I completely agree with you. And in terms of attitude, what do you look for specifically in someone's attitude? I think attitude is pretty simple. Like, you know, that's basically based on every company culture. Some companies are like sales culture. Uh, so they should focus on who can be very, you know, he can close deals a lot. Like in our company, we don't have those kind of quotas. So every company have different culture. And uh, there's nothing wrong and right, but in our case, it's okay. You know, our goal should be to help our clients as much as possible. So attitude is if this person able to talk to a customer for three hours without getting anything in return, you know, 
And there's a very famous saying about someone said about a relationship. If you want to marry someone, get an Ikea table and try to fix it together, you know, and by end of that year, you'll see if this person is the right fit for you or not. Me and my housemate have done that. And there's a massive hammer hole in the side of my TV unit. Where we've got yeah. Each other. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So that, so you will see, right? Like with, if you fix like a, like a table of Ikea for like two hours, you'll figure out if yeah. this person can work with me or not. <laughs> that should be what you should do in all your job interviews now, Jamal, when you're hiring for the I, team. I think we definitely should, which is like, okay, come, come to the office. We're going to build this piece of furniture together and let's see uh, how we get on. And you'll figure out everything like his, what's his leadership skill? How much can he pick up from the staff? You know, how would he approach the problem? So within two hours, you'll get a perfect interview and pay him. And so you say, hey, we'll fix, uh, put an ad on Craigslist or whatever. We we fix people's furniture. Interesting. I think hire, hiring managers should take that tip on board. <laughs> part yeah, of the I, interview. I, I, I like your attitude towards hiring, actually. It doesn't matter what someone's CV says. It doesn't matter what a certification they have. You want to find people who are actually doing it. And whether they have a career, they were looking to do it. You look for the people who are actually hands-on, doing this stuff, want to do it, and therefore you find the people who are passionate and inspired. And what you look for from the attitude point of view is people who are actually willing to help your customers to fulfill your company vision. Does that sound about right? 100% also about like, I'll give you an example. Like I wanted to, uh, I wanted to be sing. I want to, but my voice is nowhere closer to, and I don't want to put an effort to do that. You know, I want to have a guitar. I bought a guitar, but I may go to a guitar lesson, but I may not be interested in that. I just go there because mm. it's cool. So a lot of time it's also about like how consistent can you do over time? And that's why I said, if you meet someone in privacy for like four weeks, chat about him, like, you know, don't tell him you what you do. Just tell him about the projects. And, and, um, cause frankly, if you hire like five or six people good in your company, that will build your entire company. For mm. you. Yeah. Would you agree with that, Jamal? Yeah. I mean, look, look at the team we have around us, right? We have a very small high power team and, uh, we're achieving great things. I see it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Uh, thank you, same Jamal and Jamila. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, like, and share so you're notified when a new episode is released. Remember to join the Privacy Pros Academy Facebook group where we answer your questions. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're leaving with some great things that will add value on your journey as a world-class privacy pro. Please leave us a four or five-star review. And if you'd like to appear on a future episode of our podcast, or have a suggestion for a topic you'd like to hear more about, please send an email to team at kzient.co.uk. Until next time, peace be with you.